Hello and welcome to Newman's Thoughts, a multimedia reading project from the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture to promote the thoughts and ideas of our patron saint, John Henry Newman. Today is day four, and we continue with paragraphs 13 and 14 from the preface to St. John Henry Newman's The Idea of a University. I'm reading from the Cluny Media edition of The Idea of a University. You can follow along with this or any other edition, or even online via our daily email. St. John Henry Newman, The Idea of a University, paragraphs 13 through 14 of the preface. It were well if none remained boys all their lives, but what is more common than the sight of grown men talking on political or moral or religious subjects in that offhand idle way, which we signify by the word unreal, that they simply do not know what they are talking about is the spontaneous silent remark of any man of sense who hears them. Hence, such persons have no difficulty in contracting themselves in successful sentences without being conscious of it. Hence, others whose defect in intellectual training is more latent have their most unfortunate crutches, as they are called, or hobbies, which deprive them of the influence which their estimable qualities would otherwise secure. Hence, others can never look straight before them, never see the point, and have no difficulties in the most difficult subjects. Others are hopelessly obstinate and prejudiced, and after they have been driven from their opinions, return to them the next moment without even an attempt to explain why. Others are so intemperate and intractable that there is no greater calamity for a good cause than that they should get hold of it. It is very plain from the very particulars I have mentioned that, in this delineation of intellectual infirmities, I am drawing not from Catholics, but from the world at large. I am referring to an evil which is forced upon us in every railway carriage, in every coffee room, or table d'hôte, in every mixed company, an evil, however, to which Catholics are not less exposed than the rest of mankind. When the intellect has been properly trained and formed to have a connected view or grasp of things, it will display its powers with more or less effect according to its particular quality and capacity in the individual. In the case of most men, it makes itself felt in the good sense, sobriety of thought, reasonableness, candor, self-command, and steadiness of view, which characterize it. In some, it will have developed habits of business, power of influencing others, and sagacity. In others, it will elicit the talent of philosophical speculation and lead the mind forward to eminence in this or that intellectual department. In all, it will be a faculty of entering with comparative ease into any subject of thought and of taking up with aptitude any science or profession. All this it will be and will do in a measure even when the mental information be made after a model but partially true. For as far as effectiveness goes, even false views of things have more influence and inspire more respect than no views at all. Men who fancy they see what is not are more energetic and make their way better than those who see nothing. And so the undoubting infidel, the fanatic, the heresiarch are able to do much, while the more hereditary Christian, who has never realized the truths which he holds, is unable to do anything. But if consistency of view can add so much strength even to error, what may it not be expected to furnish to the dignity, the energy, and the influence of truth? Thanks for listening to Newman's Thoughts. To discover more about today's readings or to download this season's reading guide, visit www.newmansthoughts.com. 
This has been a production of the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture, an apostle of the Diocese of Lincoln in partnership with St. Gregory the Great Seminary and the UNL Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas Church.